babies. Thank you, Irene. Irene. Raven. Bill. No, yeah, no Bill. Sorry. No Bill. No Bill. No. The uh, Summer of the Queen returns. No Bill. Yeah, uh, but we do have the Summer of the Queen is in full, full effect. <laughs> yeah. It, it, am I just, do I look very orange. tan or orange? Orange. I was more go orange. orange. More orange. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, go. Quick, quick question for you. Go ahead. So did Sequoia Tree Sun come on Pocahontas' tits? I told you that. Uh, so we got a fun show for you today. We have uh, Jack Simone of uh, Celtics Blog. Uh, who else does he work for? I think heavy. Um, he works for a lot of people. He's yeah, he writes for a lot. He's, he's, he's the opposite of Bill. He works for a lot of people and he shows up on time. He's a young hustler and he respects monkeys. Uh, I, what the show rundown today? We're gonna bring him in for the uh, for the cold open here and see if we can get a quick opening take out of him because the show rundown is uh, the Celtics will start out with get his thoughts on Thank the Jalen Brown rumor for uh, Kevin Durant. Ray, I know you have an opinion on that. We'll also be doing some Red Sox talk. A lot of Red Sox in the news uh, this week. A lot of Red Sox. Sam Kennedy smoke spoke. Uh, Heim Bloom is on. Uh, uh, temperamental hot seat. They stink. They fucking blow. Uh, Bill Belichick loves Mac Jones. Skinny Mac Jones, who loves. And I'm just going to say it. Toot toot. I said Mac Jones was going to have a great year months and months and months ago. And Bill Belichick and I are uh, seeing things eye to eye. So that's good. And of course, simplest minds of the week. So what do you say we bring Jack in here? Because I know I've been, I'm late and I apologize. So we'll well, you apologize. As, yeah, Jack. Not, not to me, to Jack. <laughs> No, I'm not apologizing to you. I'm I know you are apologizing to myself, the, my other me. No, and then you apologize to Jack for being late. Yeah, I'm going to see what Jack thinks about my my, my color here. Hi, Jack. Hey, hello, Jack. Hello, Jack. I apologize for being late. No worries, no worries. Are you getting some sun in the meantime? Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. <laughs> Hold on, let's see. Oh, there we go. How's that? There you go. Now you look pale. There yeah, you go. That. Perfect. Well, yeah. You know, Jack, what's your uh, situation? You ever deal with in-laws? You anything? You married there, Jack? You a young married man? Not yet. I have a girlfriend though, so but I have no problems. No problems. Love, love the. Don't. The, uh, don't okay. Don't, well, don't when the in-laws are over for dinner, you uh, tend to be ten minutes late for your podcast that a couple of people listen to. Fair. So that's, that's fair the enough. Situation we're in. And when that happens too, and you're our first segment, you uh, you come in before the first segment. Welcome to I think your first ever opening takes segment of the Simple Mind Sports Show. We're gonna grab something from you uh, off the cups. And you know Love what? If, if you're around, here's the subjects tonight. Feel free to go. We're going right off the cups. Wherever you want. Uh, here's the subjects for the show tonight. You can stick around for as long as you want. We'll start Celtics, but we're, we're going to talk Jalen Brown and KD, obviously, and the news surrounding the Celtics. But we're also going to talk Red Sox. we got the trade de deadline coming up. Um, they have lost every single game basically since July 4th. <laughs> um, they suck. We'll see what they're going to do. Uh, we're also talking uh, Belichick's love for Mac Jones are all on the agenda tonight. So give you a second to think about that. Ray, give me your opening take, please. Thank you, Richard. Uh, I pissed you off on Monday with the news that uh, Jalen Brown was going to be uh, traded for KD or there was a potential that uh, Jalen Brown could be traded for KD. And I would do it in a heartbeat. I don't want to wait any longer. This is the only time you could get a top three, top two, top player in the nba for jalen brown and assets do it now brad stevens i will build a statue out of freaking big Macs if you make this happen out in front of the garden do it now like it good we can get into that Jack. i have a different opinion about that I'm, I'm sure you have your own thoughts on it if you want to take this opening take uh opportunity to expound upon that or if you have something else that you'd like to talk about feel free jack your opening take for uh the show tonight opening take I mean, I'll just start with the elephant in the room, Kevin Durant. I am of the mindset that if I had to choose a side, I would probably lean towards keeping Jalen Brown and staying with the, you know, the long-term plan. But I think it's foolish to think, to complain if the Celtics get Kevin Durant, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I think keeping Jalen Brown, keeping this cha clearly championship contending team and running it with Tatum and Brown into the future is the way to go. That is what I think the Celtics should do. That is what I would do if I was Brad Stevens. But simultaneously, Kevin Durant is better than Jalen Brown is and ever will be. And that's not a knock on Jalen Brown. That's just a testament to how good Kevin Durant is. 
So if you have the chance to get him, I don't understand why people will complain. I understand that they'll miss Jalen Brown. It kind of ruins the storyline of winning with the guys you drafted, all that stuff. But, and like I said, I want them to keep Jalen Brown and keep this core moving forward. So the championship window stays longer. But if they trade for Kevin Durant, I'm not going to complain, right? Like Kevin Durant's phenomenal. Him and Tatum would be great. And I also, we can get into this too, if you want, hate the notion that they'll be bad once KD leaves. Jason Tatum's 24, right? Like yeah. he's still going to be like, as long as you can re-sign him. And once KD leaves, they'll probably have a max contract slot to fill the role next to Tatum. So I think they should keep Jalen Brown, keep Marcus Smart, keep Derek White, keep all these guys move into the for, uh, into the future with them. But if they trade for KD, I'm not going to be one to complain. KD's the second best player in the world right now. Spoken like a true Celtics fan, it's a win-win situation. It's a win-win. It's a win-win situation. Can't lose. No, Can't ma- lose. no matter what. <laughs> I'll shift gears here before we get back to that because a lot of nuance going on in that. It is. It's a tricky situation, and um, interested to, to hear some more about that. But uh, I'll switch gears to the uh, putrid Red Sox. Their display after the All Star break was <laughs> laughably grotesque. Any, the Red Sox are the one team in town that when they suck, I can be okay laughing at. Uh, if anyone, if the any other team sucked as bad as the Red Sox, the way that the Red Sox handled themselves this year, I would be pissed. I'd be like the way we were with the Celtics a year ago, the 2021 <laughs> Celtics. I was legitimately mad from October to fucking March. The Red Sox, oh, just it just makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. But I can't quite pin down what Heimblum's plan is. Like I think he wants to do the Tampa method, but he's too much pressure from the market and ownership, so he's got to kind of sprinkle in the money. So I don't, I don't know. If, I certainly don't have confidence that he can do it, and I don't know if if he's going to pull off what he needs to do. And I really don't know what that means for this year's team. I really don't. I don't. They could turn it around like they did last year, or they could complete tailspin into the fucking into the grave. I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and watch with a big smile on my face because again, it's win-win. It's a win-win situation here for anybody willing to be a hater of the Red Sox. So we'll talk on that and see what they want to do with the deadline. Uh, again, we'll do some Mac Jones stuff, too. Uh, this is the Simple Minds Sports Show. Friday Rewind, July 29. Nice. You pulled that one. That was good. That was good. Welcome to the show. Uh, okay, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we apologize, except for Jack. Jack is young and handsome. We are not. Uh, if you are listening on the, your uh, preferred method of um, podcast deliverable, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, we're real big on iHeart. Didn't know if you knew that. Uh, check us out there. Top in the charts and self-proclaimed number one New England sports show on iTunes. So uh, take a listen there. Tell your friends and always tell your mothers. All right, Jack, let's pick that up. Okay, I'll give you, Ray's giving you your, your his opinion. Jack, you've given me your opinion. Uh, Jack may have swayed me a little bit, but I did have this thought today. Like, I'm with you. I, I don't think they should trade Jalen Brown for all of the reasons that you said. Also, I think there is a level of risk that comes with Kevin Durant, even as good as he is. He's flighty. He's older. He's got some injury history. But you can't tell me that if they had Kevin Durant as opposed to Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart even, they would not have won that. They would not have won the finals against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They lost that series because they lost composure. They couldn't hit a shot when they needed to to kind of blow momentum, to stop momentum from the Warriors. He just, you know, he would add that element, certainly. So, yeah, if they trade for Kevin Durant, I'm not going to sit there and burn them down. Like, I get that. I understand that. you got a starting lineup of... Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Time Lord. Yeah, I get it. You're in pretty fucking good shape. And a part that I didn't think about is moving forward in Durant's age. You're right. If he ages out or demands to leave, then yeah, you've cleared up a shit ton of money and you got a top five, 10 player in the league that can still bring guys in here if Tatum wants to stick around. So I see all those positives. But I'm still I'm still sticking sticking with Jalen, and I think the Celtics are too. I think that that report that the Nets floated that shit out there, and it wasn't an actual real proposal, is closer to the bone than than Brad actually sending a trade proposal. So, 
I would like to see this group move forward and and finish the deal here with uh, Brown and Tatum. And uh, to make it real easy on Brad, this is this is the easiest way to do it. Just give Brown the max extension, and there you go. They'll either force their way out of town like Anthony Davis, or they will find themselves working through their contracts, and hopefully they win. Hopefully, they want to stick around. Welcome to the modern day NBA. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you see all the reports. Oh, maybe Brown's upset. Maybe this and that. Like, he won't forget this. They know it's a business. Like, like this concept of trading all-stars for superstars is not new. It's not like the Celtics are the evil empire uh, shooting the fucking Death Star beam down onto the NBA. Like, look at the Raptors two years ago. DeMar DeRozan, you've been here forever. See you later. Kawhi Leonard, championship, easy. Like, like if the Celtics do it, it's not going to be this shiny new concept that Brad Stevens invented. It would just be the next team taking themselves from a championship contender to the best team in the NBA by, like, an even wider margin. Um, so it's not going to be the end of the world. But like you said, Jalen Brown is phenomenal uh, and you don't really want to give up too much depth. And at the same time, the reports that were quote unquote leaked by the Nets, like I have no sources. I, I'm not that high up. I have nothing like that. Yeah, so all on, of this just... is just assumptions. I'm just saying, I'm just prefacing that this is assumptions. I have a sneaking suspicion that this was just Brad Stevens goes, Hey, maybe we don't, you know, maybe we give you Jalen Brown, Derek white. Like, what do you think of that? And they goes, yeah. eh, we probably want Marcus smart. And they were like, no, nah, we're not doing that. See you later. And then the Nets two months later, were like, Hey, these guys offered us that like, it, it just sounds like stuff that the Nets wanted yeah. out there so they could up the value. Happens all the time. They're, I think they're desperate. I don't think they have a taker for Kyrie or KD right now. And they know they don't want to play there. So they're trying to say, look at, this is what the Celtics will offer us. Jalen Brown's a top 20 player in the NBA. Give us something like that. And two role players like Marcus Smart and Derek White. Yeah, that's what the, they heat, want. the Heat have an offer on the table for them. And they're like, no, that's not good enough. You know, because they want offers Jalen Brown. And they call bullshit. And then they call Woj. And he, he drops it on Twitter. <laughs> and Miami's like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, so that, you know, it's a, it's a negotiation game for sure. What do you think the uh, SMH from uh, Jalen's Twitter was? Do you think that was shaking my head? He's pissed or shaking my head? These guys don't know what they're talking about. Shaking my head. These guys are idiots. Like, like, just like, what's the point of these trade rumors? It's the same like way Marcus Smart would react when his name was in trade rumors. It's the same way Jalen Brown probably reacted when everyone was like, oh, trade him for James Harden two years ago, which people forget about, which would have been the worst trade ever Ever. for the Celtics to make. Um, But at the same, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, like. My, my buddy pointed this out on my podcast today. He's like, Jalen Brown's got to be flattered that he is the best piece in a Kevin Durant trade. Like, they, they're not stupid. They know it's a business. And all these people saying, oh, Brown's going to be mad now. Brad Stevens is the worst. They know it's a business. Like, Jalen Brown, if anything, he's probably like, shit, they're going to trade me for Kevin Durant? Like, I'm awesome. And at the same time, again, I, I think they should keep JB. But if I'm Jalen Brown and I go to my own team to be the guy, I'm not, like, pissed about it. Like, yeah, I'm I not competing for a championship anymore, but that would be his team. Like, he would be the Brooklyn Nets, so that'd be cool. But um, I think the SMH was just Jalen Brown going, like, this is just a bunch of baloney. Like, I'll talk to Brad and Jason and we'll be fine. And it's just, like, this is yeah. more of the same. I kind of tend to agree with you. I will say this, though in a league full of egos and billionaires, it does take a certain kind of personality to be the one B two player in a situation like this. Right. And I'm, and maybe that is uh, Jalen Brown, like, and maybe that is maybe in him and Tatum have a good understanding and, you know, they come up throughout the woke era and they don't pay attention to the media or they don't give it credence. So they don't really give a shit. You know, a lot of things could be true. But what is absolutely certainly true that if, if you are perceived as that one B, you got to have the internal fortitude to be able to fucking handle that. Whether that means it's true or not on the court is another thing, but you have to be able to take that, internalize it, and be okay with it. Um, and there is, an inherent risk that Jalen Brown one day is just not, and he wants to leave the, how you uh, slow that down is give him all the monies. Just give him all the money, right? He's probably talent wise. He's probably, I'll give him a fringe max guy. If you really look at what the max supposed to be, but in the NBA, 
that guy gets the max deal 100% of the 100 times. Look at the max deals across the league and some of yeah. the guys that have it. They don't deserve it. Jalen Brown certainly does. So give him the money, give Tatum the money, and see how long they stick around and see what you can do with that crew. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at. Let me ask you this last question on the Celtics here, Jack. If they were to go with the Durant route, what is your max package? Like, what is that? What does that look like? I think I cap it out at Jalen Brown, Derek White, and two first-round picks. Um, if you want to throw in, like, a third first, sure, like, picks or whatever at this point. I draw the line at, like, the Robert Williams and Marcus Smarts of the world, not because I'm saying, like, Marcus Smart is more valuable or Robert Williams is more valuable than KD, but because you're giving that up on top of Jalen Brown already. Like, that, that, that would be cutting too far into the depth and too far into the core of what you're trying to do. Um, so I'd probably keep it at Brown... Derek White or Brogdon, I guess, if you want to wait till the end of August when he's tradable, but I don't think the Nets would want that anyways. They'd probably rather have White. So I'd go Brown, White, two first-run picks. And, I mean, the quote-unquote worst-case scenario of them saying no is you run it back with this team. Like, that that's an amazing team, the best team in basketball. Um, and honestly, I might not even, like, be willing to give up that. But I think if they're hell-bent on trading for Durant, which we don't know if they are, we, we know that these reports were quote-unquote talked about, um, I'd go JB, Derek White uh, for two, three first round picks, whatever. What if you take out Derek White and put uh, Grant Williams in there? <laughs> My guy. Uh, I'd do it. I mean, it's, it's oh, Kevin Durant. Do it to him, Raymond. Don't do <laughs> no. it. Uh, it's Kevin Durant, but I, I messed around. Uh, I looked at stuff. You can't. The, the money wouldn't work that way. So I have a free pass. So oh, you couldn't, you, couldn't actually Jack do it. Not you know, I got, no I got him right. Work. I got him right. Here's not a free pass. How about Grant's foot and mouth moment talking about being the better team after losing to the four-time <laughs> champion Steph Curry Golden State Warriors? I How's your boy doing funny. there? How is your boy doing <laughs> I think there, it was. Man? I think it was funny that he said it. But I agree with the sentiment. I think they were the better oh, team. They, were, God, they God, weren't the more disciplined team. I think it was very funny that he said it, though. Like, because... Uh, just the way he did. And did you see him call out Steph Curry on Instagram too? Ugh, yeah, he was talking shit about Draymond. He said, I looked him up. I Wikipedia his ass. He didn't have anything to say to me. I watched him on live TV call Grant Williams a bitch. Like, like to his face, a pussy and a bitch at him. the free throw line. It's like, Grant I Williams, Grant you're Williams. not that dude. You are not him. that dude, Grant Williams. <laughs> He's that dude in my heart. I love I know him. Yeah. I, know <laughs> so I, I just wanted to know where the line was. I, no, but you can Marcus you could Martin, do Al, Grant Williams way out. Whoa. <laughs> whoa you could whoa, technically whoa. do JB, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard. And I guess you could argue that'd be a better package. But at that point, you're getting into like you have so many guards and very little big man depth. So like that's where it gets tricky. But I, I guess you could flip flop between those two packages, but I'd probably leave the Derek White one because you have extra you get, guard depth. When you get into that role player like uh realm and you get Kevin Durant back. Yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out, right? And you hope yeah. that your mid-level exceptions and whatever else you have can bring in some minimum guys, the Blake Griffins of the world, and they can you fill got up your roster. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hear what you're saying, but I think you know my stance on Marcus Smart. You want to throw him in? I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it adds you know, bag, yeah. There's a little uh, I, addition from I will say subtraction there. Well, I wouldn't personally give him up just because I think he's a tier above Derek White. His value is probably at an all-time high. So, like, from a purely business perspective, if you want to trade him, Jalen Brown, and, like, one first, I guess you could argue that's a better package in the grand scheme of things, but I, I think he's more valuable than Derek White, so I'd rather give up, like, an extra pick and trade White. I get it. Yeah, maybe value lose. I just think... You're right. And if they don't trade him now, they're never going to trade Marcus Smart. So just oh. try time to get used to him, Raymond. And then last point I'll make on this, and this is not to be smirched, Jalen Brown, who I like, who's been my guy for a long time. Ray, you can attest to that. He is not a number one. I, uh, he's terrific. I love him. I think his game fits perfectly next to Tatum or someone like him. But if you try to make Jalen Brown do what Tatum did this year, he fails tragically fails. He doesn't have the court vision. He doesn't have the skills. He doesn't have the ability uh, right now to do what um, Tatum did this year. So I don't, I hope he knows that about himself. I hope he knows that if he were to force himself as the guy in a situation, it's not going to be as successful as he would be here. I don't think. Yeah, no, I see that. I was running through some uh, just crazy, like trade hypotheticals in my head. Cause I, I was thinking about random shit um, about how like then all these teams around the league uh, could do their off season. Uh, and 
I, I came across this, like, obviously it was on my head. I didn't write anything down, but this theoretical map of how the NBA trade landscape will end up playing out. And in my head, it was something along, like somehow I got to the point where Julius Randle and Jalen Brown were on the nets. And I thought that was a really funny combination. <laughs> that, that's just, just let that sink in. I don't think that'd, that'd be, be the Brooklyn great. Nets. I don't think that'd be going great. <laughs> uh, the last thing I had in here, Tatum spoke on it a little bit. I don't think anything comes out of this. Honestly, I think that was as boilerplate as you can get. Basically, he played said, the Jack mode about the trade. He went right down the middle. Win win, baby. <laughs> Everyone's happy. Always. Always. Kevin Durant's yeah. fantastic. I like my team. I'm going to watch a movie. Thanks for talking to me. That was, quote, what he said <laughs> verbatim. I'm pretty Bingo. sure. He yeah. also said, if there was a team in St. Louis, I'd play there. So we better hope no expansion ever goes there because Tatum is gone. He's gone. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> somebody, somebody is uh, putting that in the works right now, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack, we appreciate your Celtics take uh, uh, intake as always. Again, more than welcome to stick around for the rest of the segments. You can think about that right now. I am going to uh, throw it over to actually, no, that won't work. You have to tell us right now if you're going to, we have to say goodbye to you because we'll miss you. If you leave. That's okay. Yeah, no, I have absolutely no Red Sox takes for you for my mental health. I don't pay attention to the Red Sox Good and I you. think that's smart, smart for very, me. Very smart um, I just know uh, the only Red Sox thing I've seen lately is that they lost like 28 to three and that was enough to make me stay away. So I don't think I'd be very useful on the Red Sox topic. <laughs> 28 to five. So, oh, okay, my bad. How my dare, bad. How dare you, Jack? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's a game of numbers, so respect it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jack, we appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. We'll catch you next time. Later, for Jack. sure. Thank you guys for having me. Peace out. Later. He left before I could leave him. Okay. Oh, uh, he pulled up Amanda Vance on us. Yeah, a little, little slower. He had a respectful amount of time before One, he left. Two, two, three. Go and I'm slow. Place. You know I'm slow to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of slow, let's throw it over to the headlines with the obvious one. Thank you there, Richard. Jalen Brown left the Celtics fans shook after a SMH tweet he sent in response to the report that he was to be traded for Kevin Durant. The bot pod says, me dumb dumb, don't know but b-ball, want to trade JB for KD because baskets, oh, biscuits and balloons, I'm hungry. Uh, the Red Sox have lost all but four games they have played since July 4th, including a 28-5 massacre to the Blue Jays. In the game, Jaron Duran watched a routine fly ball sail over his head and then watched his teammates actually try to play baseball for him. After the game, Duran responded with, Why don't you try catching fly balls, you talentless, dirty bitch boys? What am I, uh, what am I to you, a Major League Baseball player? End quote. Uh, Bill Belichick spoke to the media this week. Well, Mac Jones balls from his mouth. Yes, the compliments came hard and fast. Insert Irene joke here from Belichick for the young quarterback. Patriots training camp is underway. It is a short three weeks until we find out just how bad this defense is going to be. I'm counting down the hot dogs for August 11th. This has been Headlines with the Obvious One. Back to you there, Richard. That was poorly written. I apologize. Yeah, some of it, but I just try to work with it. I well, I like missed some words, Grammar Guru. I, I went back and deleted it and didn't uh, fill them back in. Um, but that's okay. Insert Irene Joe. Insert Irene Joe. Biscuits and balloons, I'm hungry. The Red Sox absolutely fucking stink. <laughs> Maybe this is why Bill isn't coming on. He's just heartbroken. Oh, my God. They're so bad. They're they so bad. bad. It's terrible. Um, okay, here's the news. So we're, we're uh, August 2nd is the... So this is coming out on a Friday. Uh, August 2nd is a Tuesday. Trade deadline is on Tuesday, August 2nd. Um, as of now, reportedly the Red Sox are not expected to trade Bogarts or Devers. They expect them to be, quote, a part of their long-term plans. However, J.D. Oh. Martinez is on the block, officially on the block. Any thoughts of that with that? Isn't he a free agent after the year? Yeah, but so is Bogarts. Yeah. I think Bogarts will be traded. I think they're going to get a package deal for some shit minor league players that are top prospects in the top 100, and they're going to be like, yep, we'll take it. I don't and think Story, he has... Story's the guy that they got here to take over his spot. In case, he's a security blanket, and that's his natural position. So I think Trevor Story's here just because they know Xander's a flight risk, and he's going to be out of here. I don't think 
but the definition of flight risk is a guy that wants to leave. Xander Pelkos wants to fucking be here. He's going to pay him the money. I don't uh, think. Well. I don't think he has the skills or, or the precision to pull off a procedure like that. Heim Bloom trading Xander Bogarts, even if it's for shit. I don't think he has the balls to do it. So I believe them. They're not going to move Bogarts or Devers. They can't handle that PR hit. Let me give you some quotes from Sam Kennedy, president of baseball operations, local boy, local Massachusetts guy. Uh, here's what he had to say about a number of things, uh, mainly uh, in association to um how they're going to get better at the deadline. And what about Devers and Bogarts? Here's a couple quotes. Quote, we've got a responsibility to do everything in our power to make sure that we're built to be competitive into the postseason. Similar words like they said last year. Notice championships not in that sentence. Quote, mm-hmm. no one is waving the white flag. We've gone through an incredibly tough stretch. What he's talking about is uh, they haven't won more than four games since July 4th. So mm-hmm. that's yep. pretty bad. Uh, he said, we're not built to be a 500 club. I know because you're under a 500 right now. He's okay, under uh, 500. Uh, let me read directly from this uh, headline. Hill asked if he could guarantee that Bogarts would be a member of the Red Sox after the deadline, to which Kennedy responded, quote, all I'll say is there's been no discussion or commentary internally or externally. How does How is something like that? external but not internal like other people are talking about them moving bogarts so internally and, like in the in the front office and externally he's not calling to make trade proposals with other teams but that would still be internally it has to come from internal to go external yeah like so purely externally would be office in the front office and then externally other teams he hasn't been calling and feeling out other teams yeah but if he deal. calls someone it's got to come from inside He's calling from inside, so that'd still be internal to get to external. A pure external would be like the Orioles and the Blue Jays are talking about trading for Bogarts. How would he know that? That makes no sense. Big brain stuff right there. (laughs) I think you're wrong about the whole situation, but that's okay. Uh, no moves, uh, no discussions or commentary internally or externally about moves related to the trade deadline involving Xander or Raphael Devers or anyone else to my knowledge right there, that line or anyone else to my knowledge. That's bullshit. bullshit. That's what tells you it's absolute bullshit. He goes on to say at this point, we're focused on getting back into this thing and winning. Okay, sure. Here's what they had to say in 2019 about Mookie Betts. This is from Sean Penny of wherever he wrote this. The Red Sox have been steadfast about the desire to keep Betts in Boston. If that means paying top dollar in free agency, so be it. Betts is worth it. Quote, obviously, like we've said all along, we'd love for Mookie to be here. Romero said front office uh, for the Red Sox. We'll continue to put our best foot forward with Mookie. I respect his decision to hit free agency. He's earned it. Does one of these things sound like the other? Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Fucking bullshit. What absolute bullshit from Red Sox brass. And like I said uh, off the top, my opening take, I can't pin Heimbloom down. I don't. It feels like the Bruins. It doesn't feel like there's a direction. It doesn't feel like a plan. It feels like he was brought in here to save some money, build up a farm system, which he's done or he's, done. he's building, but he's still conservatively three to four years away. If you want to be optimistic, two years away from these prospects coming up and being legit ball players, championship ball players, you're five years away. But all so their top prospects do in the are infielders. All their top prospects are infielders. What are they going to do with all these guys? Right. And what what trade got so much have stuff. they executed that makes you feel confident that they can swap some of these guys for other positions that they need? Nothing makes me feel positive about this team. Like they sign. I guess I'll give you the Pavetta deal. I guess I'll give you the Pavetta. They got Pavetta and Seabold for Workman and another back end, another reliever, a shit reliever. Everything else has been a sign or Whitlock was rule five. There's no trade in his resume for the Red Sox. That makes me go. Okay. He's losing the fucking, he's losing the, um, uh, help me out left fielder. Um, 
it was traded to the Royals. Benintendi, he's oh, losing the Benintendi yeah. deal. Thanks for yeah, helping. Now he's a top, he's a top prior, a uh, top prospect now, or not prospect, but top desire for any team. He was leading yeah. the NL in average for for sick, and he's an All Star. AL, AL. Sorry, yeah, Royals. Andrew Benintendi, yeah, and he's one of the biggest trade chips on the market. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly, like I said in the open scene, I'm at a loss, and I'm just willing to sit back. Let it all shake out and then laugh at the results or be willing to root them on if they can pull it off. Cause there are guys like Bogart's endeavors and Ivaldi and Pavetta that I like on the team. There are guys that I like on the team, but I will not be shocked for one second if they trade JD Martinez for a couple more fucking prospects. I won't be shocked one second. Oh, the, the and then Twitter they'll spin it as they're as you know, they'll they'll get back some major league player that can go on the roster and they'll spin it as you know, an analytics bullshit or whatever. They're not playing for this year. And, and truthfully, if you look at it, they can't be playing for anything closer than four years away for a championship. If that's, if that's the Heim Bloom trail is this prospect move. So I don't know. You know, any more, you know, any final thoughts here is the, we, we, you won't hear from us in, until after the deadline. So we'll have our reactions after that. You got any predictions? Oh, it's I guess you already gave me, I guess you already they're gave not, me. They're not, they're not, they're not buying. They're selling. This is going to be a, uh, garage sale everything must go whatever high-end commodity you can get rid of and you can get a good value back that's what they're going to do and it's going to be very the pr backlash is going to be hilarious and the only way that the front office listens is if people stop going to games that's the only way don henry stops making the money off of the ticket sales and the revenue from that that's the only time that he's going to be like oh shit something's going on with my team yeah, well, speaking on the money thing, I bet here's my prediction. I bet you they make enough moves going in, coming in and going out to get under the tax. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that looks like. I think it's a significant move, but JD Martinez would help do that. But just like they did last year with Hanson Robles, the Hanson Robles deal that was to get under the tax. That was to get under yeah. the luxury tax. That was a fucking salary dump, and yeah. they brought guys in to do it. Don't be surprised if you see that again this year. They bring some guys in, but a J.D. Martinez goes out the door, and it looks like maybe you filled some holes. Maybe they bring in a professional first baseman that's making jack shit and a prospect or something, and you fill a couple of the holes that you might need. And on paper, maybe you look a little bit more balanced, but also on paper, you're under that luxury tax. Just keep an eye out for that on Tuesday. Uh, Red Sox are currently losing five to two to the Cleveland Indian Guardians. Mm-hmm. Update. Mm-hmm. Raymond, I feel like I've been talking a little bit. I want you to give me all of your thoughts on this because this is you've been waiting good nine months now. What how long has it been? Since January to now. So there you go. That's seven. Six. Six, yeah. I guess they <laughs> Patriots did make it to the playoffs in case people forgot. Middle of the game, they got eliminated. You wanted to turn that game off. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're six, seven months. You've been waiting to get back into this. So, and, I, and I'll tell you, watching the training camp highlights just come out and just seeing them in their jerseys, seeing some Woo. fucking pig Woo. spin spiral, it does give me the feels a little bit. Those summer, fall football games, there's nothing like it. Nothing like that feeling like football's back. And uh, we're here. Training camp is here. Let me give you some quotes from... Uh, Actually, let me let, before we get into Belichick's love affair and ball ganging of Mac Jones. Do you have any initial thoughts on a uh, training camp just off the cups? Anything you've been thinking uh, about? I don't know if you're about. I know you were with the in-laws all day, but the big move today was Devin Godshell getting a big max extension. Well, not max extension, but big extension. Uh, Twenty million dollars. Uh, I think two or three years deal. I mean, clearing a little so, cap space where they. I think they are. So I wonder why they're clearing cap space and what it's for the next domino to move, because Bill does these things to get someone to come in. So what position I think they need to go after cornerback. Cause it's very, very weak with Malcolm Butler being your one number one cornerback right now. So hopefully it's uh, something to bring someone in or make a trade to bring someone in because that cornerback depth is a lacking. Uh, yeah, they like the, um, here, let me pull this up. Speaking of the cornerback depth and we'll get into this more as camp goes on. Um, but they like their rookies who the kid out of Jack, uh, 
Jack Jones out of Arizona State, they really like. Thank you. Jack Jones, they really like. Um, they have a problem child on it as a starter. Um, I was listening to, I think it was Bedard talking about their secondary and kind of trying to convince people it wasn't as bad as people think. Their safeties are stacked, even though I'll tell you, Devin McCourty has lost a half a step, if not a step. Um, their safety position is stacked for sure. And they are 100%, you're correct. They're missing a, a left corner. They don't have a number one corner. No. But I feel like they have a shit ton of number two corners. So, like, they love Terrence Mitchell. Whatever you think of Terrence Mitchell, they like him. And I do trust Belichick's and his staff to get productive play out of the second cornerback spot. I think that they have a very long track record of doing that. Look at Jalen Mills last year. Supposed to come in here and play uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, jackknife hybrid, safety yeah. position hybrid guy spent all season over there on the other side. We hated him for a minute, but by the end of the year, he was solid. The Jack Jones kid, uh, Terrence Mitchell, Jalen Mills, uh, the, the, the rookie too. Sean Wade projects more in the slot. Um, but what's his name is coming off of injury. Jonathan Jones, who's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. They say he's looking uh, good. Marcus Jones slots back in there at a rookie. They've said they like him. So I think Bedard's point was they got a lot of bodies back there. They just don't have anybody solidify that number one spot. And can Belichick scheme up his defense to hide that? And a lot of that will depend on the front seven and the group of linebackers that <laughs> no one's heard of. So, and uh, the tw- I guess the $20 million man, Devin Godshow, and his buddies um, up front. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and, and uh, you're right. Those those moves that he makes for the salary generally leads to another another guy coming in. We'd have to look at the salary. I guess we, I guess we could pull it up and see how much cap space they have uh, to make a move like that. I think they were up against it pretty close, but um, yeah, interesting. Good point. But the other thing, too, is that they're going with quicker linebackers. So is that going to hide the fact that we have nothing but number two cornerbacks on this team? Bring it, Having a, a sped fast linebackers that can get to the quarterback quick now? Hurry up the quarterback kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it might. Um, it absolutely might. I just pulled up uh, over the cap and looks like the cap space is 2.6 million. I don't know if that's taken into into account. No, it's not taken into account because that's what it was uh, at the beginning. Okay. So they got a little space. They can bring some guys in. They also like the flexibility. They also like to be around that $4 million mark uh, for the trade deadline to see if they can pull in another Akeem Tlaib deal if they need to. So just keep that in mind. Um, Okay. Let's get to Bill Belichick's. Uh, knob job of one Mac Jones with the media uh, this week. Here's a couple quotes for you, buddy. Quote, Bill check about Mac Jones. He did a great job last year, but he's starting from a much, much higher point this year from where he started last year. Belichick told reporters Tuesday morning, his offseason work has been significant. And I think everything, everyone recognizes how well he prepares and how much further along he was than a year ago. Goes on to say, quote, we're just a lot further ahead in the conversation offensively. Belichick said the this play that we talk about or concepts that we talk about, Mac has already done it before. It's easy for him. Are we going to say, it's easy for him to say, are we going to do this on that? Are we going to do uh, this on something else? What do you think about splitting them a little bit wider, splitting them a little bit tighter? I should do this in a Belichick voice. I don't know. I don't have a good Belichick impression. Uh... Yeah, maybe we should uh, split them a little tighter. Uh, 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 suggest, uh, yeah, suggestions like uh, we have much better feel for what he can do uh, about the strength and uh, how to uh, play the house. <laughs> I don't know why I went to like a Bayou thing. There. He's self-aware too. Uh, <laughs> he, he, knows, bayou. he knows. He knows. know what to do well. He know what to do with Dave. He want to try to. We want to try to feed you dope. <laughs> What do you do? You think he believes? Do you think he is genuinely? Here's, I'll tell you what I think. I think Belichick's genuinely excited about coaching Mac Jones, the way I think he was genuinely, genuinely excited about coaching Brady. Same with Garoppolo. I think that it probably stems. If I was a psychologist, put my psychologist hat on. It probably stems from an ego standpoint. Like I have something to give this young person, and um, and they uh, see value in me. And I uh, and I see elements within this young person that I, I can make great. And I think that's reflecting in what we hear here. 
I disagree. Go on. I think I think he sees the light that this is the kit ticket that's going to make me pass Shula, and I don't have to do this for another ten fucking years. This kid actually gets it. I can win ten games for the next couple of years, and then I can sail off into my yacht rings fucking 12 hopefully we get a couple more and off in the sunset with another new wife with bigger boobs and blonder hair <laughs> so you're purely like on the evil ego state uh scale oh, fuck yeah it's just all about bill it's all about it's, all about rings, bill. Not it's not about mag rings. it's not about it's like it must be a william thing they don't care about anyone but themselves <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't agree. Bill's 70. He's in grandparents' age. You have kids. Wait, wait. Which Bill are you talking about? You gotta, you gotta... Queen the, or Belichick? The Queen's age has not been confirmed, nor will shall it be. Uh... Well, you said 70, so I was just just trying to figure out where you're going with that. Bill's in his 50s, says Amanda Vance, <laughs> and she's a, she's a good judge of age. No, I, I, I look at her. I truly do look from, from a psychology standpoint. Like, in-laws are in today. You see the grandparents with the grandchildren and it's a lot of joy it's a lot of you know you want to pass on knowledge you want to pass on stories i honestly think belichick is just just psychologically you get into that point of your life and your mindset has to change but he i don't i'm sure he cares about the shula i'm sure he cares about the shula record but i think his level of competitiveness has actually dropped oh, like absolutely. i think he get i don't think he gives a shit like you used to like if they if they win fucking eight games this season but he accomplished some of the goals that he wanted to and he enjoyed himself doing it coaching some of these young kids and had a fun time i don't think he cares i really don't i mean i yes he wants to win and yes in the in the moment anybody that is a competitor anybody that has been in sports that takes over for sure Un, for sure but he's not 2008 2012 like in the thick of it everything i do in my life is about dominating my career in this sport and and changing it he doesn't have that mindset right now there's no he doesn't he's taking fucking free he's taking free agency calls from mar-a-lago or or you know that's brady he's He's on, he's in Costa Rica handling free agency. Uh, that's a Brady too. He's proven that's Brady too. Where was he? The Bahamas? Nantucket. Oh yeah, Bahamas. He went to the Bahamas. He's proven that he doesn't uh, care as much as he used to. He's proven it. So I think that these comments about Mac Jones are a lot about that and also about we need some good we need some good headlines coming out of camp here. Uh, to to get things rolling, I, we've I've seen it from Belichick multiple times. When he's had excellent teams, the comments out of his mouth are these guys are dog shit. This is why he was so hard on Brady for as many as long as he was because Brady was so good. It's a like if you, yeah, anyone's you talk, yeah, you had to bring him down to a, a level so he doesn't have right that, like, anybody that's been in a manager manager position that has to man, manage personalities. You have build break build. You have to balance. You have to bring guy being people up knock people down, bring them back up. Like Brady was so good for so long at top of the game. The only thing Belichick had to do was knock him down. Cause what is he going to do? Just go out there and fucking not slob his knob every fucking press conference. I no. So now he's in the stage with Mac Jones as a second year guy. He's got to build him up, but I do. I do think he believes it. It felt like he had something to say. He's a spiteful son of a bitch. I feel like in five years, him and Mac Jones are going to go in a Cadillac down to Florida, go to Don Shula's grave and piss all over it and throw the newspaper down saying, ha ha, Shula, I fucking pass you, you bitch. I don't disagree with that. I think he's a spiteful human being. I think that's all he's playing for right now. He has nothing else left to prove. He's the greatest coach of all time. That's what he's going to be remembered as. But if he can be the most winningest coach of all time, too, and add that to his resume, that's the one thing he wants to do. I agree with you. That is definitely a motivation. Do you 100% disagree with me that there's not? He's, he is a coach. He's been a coach his entire life. You think yeah. that that's completely gone? You don't think that he sees uh, a little light, in a little uh, flicker in the eye of Mac Jones and looks at, at a guy like that and is like, shit, man, Like this is why I got into coaching. I enjoy this. He's on the same page as me. We, get, we can go out. I can see some potential in enjoying my last couple of years with this kid uh, you know, behind the center. You don't think there's any of that? You think it's no, I do. all I do. spiteful fuck you? No I, no, I absolutely do see, see that, but 
I think it also reminds him a little bit of Brady. I mean, the work yeah. ethic, he's the first guy in. He wants to learn as much as possible. I mean, we think Brady's dead to us, but Brady was a workaholic. He would but go he doesn't there. look at it and go, oh, Brady came in and, and became the best. He go, he looks at it and go, oh, I see what I did for Brady. Yeah. yeah. I can do this again for Mac. And we, exactly. by the way, and then we can go piss on Sheila's grave. Exactly. So, yeah, I think we, uh, yeah, I think we, I, I think we came to an agreement on that for sure. Like it, we talked. <laughs> We yeah, we, you and I uh, had our own moment. Uh, the other news here, uh, Patriots announced their coaches before training camp. Want to give me, want me to give you some uh, some titles this is here? Why he's a, this is why he's a spiteful cunt. Go this on. Is, this is why he's a cheap, spiteful cunt. Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge were brought in this year to take over the duties of uh, one Josh McDaniels, who left for uh, the Raiders head coaching job. Here's Matt Patricia's. Uh, title and of course Matt Patricia the failed historically failed uh, career uh, head coach at Detroit formerly of the Patriots formerly defensive coordinator of the Patriots he actually got a title now he is senior football advisor slash offensive line coach his running mate is Joe Judge who is the offensive assistant slash quarterbacks coach I'm going to give you some other names. Uh, not a lot of people know the coaches of the Patriots. I'll give you the offensive coaches here. Vinny Sinceri, uh, running backs coach, been with him for five years. Uh, our very own Troy Brown, wide receivers coach, uh, kick returner, says he's got 19 years experience. Obviously, that has to include playing. So oh, it has pump, to. <laughs> pumping him up there a little bit. Yeah. Nick Cayley, uh, tight ends coach, was for a minute uh, rumored to be uh, taking over offensive. Um, eight years experience. Uh, assistant offensive line Billy Yates, offensive assistant Evan Rothstein, looks like your CPA's dorky son. Uh, Tyler Hughes, offensive assistant Ross Douglas, wide receivers, NFL coaching fellowship. So there you go. Here's your def- Evan Rothstein. Hold on, Evan Rothstein was brought in by Matt Patricia. He was the he did something with the defense over. I don't know if you heard this today. No, ninety eight five. He's like the Ernie Adams, Matt Patricia's Ernie Adams. He came in, he let him have a little whiff of the NFL action. He got let him play a defensive coordinator against the Bucs. Uh, he was losing 45 to 7 that game. Brady had a ridiculous amount, and that was at halftime, and Brady got pulled at that game. Yeah, he looks like it. He's got the, um, like, <laughs> pull him up. Uh, no, he is a, he's a nerd. He's got glasses. He's got, you know, a, a, a fade. He's, you know, he's chubby, obviously. He's got the he's Matt, Patricia, Matt Patricia starting kit on the beard and the double chin. And just uh, it says he has 11 years experience. They must be they must be fudging this shit. Uh, so that's nine. That's nine coaches on offense. I actually have no idea. Do you mind Googling real quick? Like, what's the average coaching staff of the NFL? I think I they're actually if- under. I th- it looks like the runner because defense only has six coaches. We know Steve Belichick. We know Gerard Mayo. Their two titles, both of them, linebackers. That's all it says. Linebackers. <laughs> they also have Demarcus Covington. Never heard of him. Defensive line. Uh, Brian Belichick coaching the safeties. Mike Pellegrino. We've heard of him. He's been around eight years. Cornerback. And then uh, Viangelo Bentley, who's uh, a fellowship coaching fellowship on defense, which I just think means they don't get paid averaging 15 team, uh 15 coaches per team 15 so the patriots are at we're at 9 15 okay so they're over if you count special teams and strength and condition special teams you got cameron accord who is an absolute failure also has a giant neck and then assistance uh special teams is joe houston uh and then strength and conditioning they got two guys on there too so if you count offense and defense they're at 15 and then you add in special teams, they're at two, uh, two more. So that's that's 17. So take what you want Great from math. that. Great math. Uh, any final thoughts on, I guess the reports are, here's what I heard today. Matt Patricia is going to be essentially building the game plan week to week. But then I think this was from Bedard. An offensive line coach has a lot of responsibility in game to set protections. So it's really hard for him to call plays. So that responsibility is still up in the air, which would lead you to think that it would be Joe Judge or potentially Bill Belichick calling the plays on the sideline. Well, today at training camp, it was Matt Patricia calling in the plays on the offense. 
Okay, so maybe Bedard doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Well, that was today. I mean, today's the first day of seeing it. He was the one calling out the plays to Mac Jones. No, what's going on a little bit under the radar with all of this offensive turmoil is uh, how did the defense look last year uh, before and after Bill Belichick took over and if wasn't calling the plays was basically scripting the uh, the play-to-play game plan uh, when they went to the number two defense in the from the bottom third defense in the NFL to the number two defensive in the in the NFL to the final five games of the season to the very last place defense of the NFL. How'd that go with one uh, with the two linebacker coaches, Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo? Not good because no one knew who to fucking listen to. And that's straight from the horse's mouth. That's straight from the locker room. They mm-hmm. didn't know who was in charge. NFL, you know, this is why Belichick Gerard Mayo think- said jump and Steve May- Belichick said run and no one knew what the fuck to do. Yeah. And uh, Belichick's military background, I think, has helped him very much in his coaching uh, career, you know, specifically in New England. And he's completely abandoned that. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no uh, hierarchy here. Uh, it doesn't seem like with the coaching, and I think it's because he's got too many friends and family and kids, and you know, he's protecting uh, sensitive personalities souls. and souls. Because so, he's just generation soft as fuck. Yeah, well put. Uh, I, that could be the end of them because I, I, as little as we thought we might, I kind of, I kind of have some faith in this roster, specifically offensively, and we'll see I what that shocks some people. I think we'll see what the linebacker, if the linebacker, if those young linebackers can perform, they'll be better than people think. And if Mac Jones is as good as Belichick uh, says his ball stays, then they'll be better than people think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Simplest minds of the week when we come back. stupid or something. I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Couple candidates here, Raymond. Don't forget about Jaron Duran. Okay, let's do, we already said, so in the headlines, you already mentioned it. Jaron Duran. Oh, okay. This was now a couple weeks ago against Toronto, or was it last week? I don't know. Um, obviously, last week, right after the letting, All-Star game. After the All-Star game, yeah. Letting the... Um, Inside the park home run after just watching a fly ball go over his head. You lose people losing in the lights. I get it. Generally not on a ball like that. Generally not in a game like that. It was the twilight of the sky in the box. Well, how, you know how we know that. Wow. Because he told us. Oh. Here's here's Jaron Duran's quote after that game. Uh, after uh, reporters kind of pushed him a little bit on on that play in which he watched the ball go over his head, turned around, stood, looked at it, was waiting for someone to hand him a trophy or a ribbon, and Alex Verdugo ran over to get the ball. Uh, Here's what he said. Quote, until you guys catch a fly ball in the twilight, let me know. (laughs) Alex Verdugo is already going to beat me to the ball. I just didn't want to get in his way. What if I collide with him or something like that? baseball players is that is that not the most like elementary fucking way to handle that situation like you david maybe it's just as we get older maybe you do get a little bit wiser but like do not have any self-awareness nope to answer a question like that like clearly you're projecting clearly you knew you fucked up Everybody, the way you answered, clearly you knew you fucked up the play and then you fucked up not going for it. And instead of owning it or saying nothing, you act like a petulant little bitch. Like, oh, what a bad look. That kid is never going to be accepted in Boston after this. Never. He could hit 400 for four straight years. People will still call him a little bitch for handling that the way he did. Yeah, it was terrible. Welcome to the city, kid. Yeah, yeah. He should be demanding a trade. Hey, Heim, I need it out. I need out now. Thogger <laughs> said, I put him on the first bus back to Worcester, and I agree. <laughs> Kid doesn't belong Worcester, there. Worcester, bring him to Portland. Yeah, ship him to Maine. Um, okay, I'll give you the other one that I had in the email here, which was very funny. Kyler Murray signed a uh, massive, do you know the contract off the top of your head? Ma- five-year, 200-something million dollar. Sixty million gear or one hundred forty, something ridiculous. Massive contract, toot toot, future MVP of the league. Ray, you've been saying it forever. 
uh, Kyler Murray. And within that contract, Kyler Murray is required to basically have study hall within the season. Mandatory, mandatory film sessions outside of practice. <laughs> 230 million, uh, 230 million uh, contract, 160 million guaranteed. Plus study halls. Plus study halls. Do you ever watch his? Do you ever watch? Let's go to the two ten room. Yeah, you got to, you got to study the playbook in the two ten room. You ever watch any of his interviews when he was coming out? Remember, um, there was uh, some controversy. He was drafted by the A's, I think, and they didn't know if he was going to play baseball or football. I remember he went on a couple show. I watched him on specifically. I'm pretty sure it was the Rich Eisen show. He sounded so dumb, so stupid. Couldn't answer a question, and in in the moment, as as big moment, I think people would consider me an asshole. I tend to try to give people a chance, and I'm like, all right, he's very young. He's a he was a very young draft pick. I think he was 20 when he did the interview. I think he was barely 21 yeah, when he, he was got very young when he got drafted. Like very very young. Obviously, the spotlight's big on him, but this kid's a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> this kid's fucking stupid. Or at least he can't answer questions. Maybe he's football smart, but you go watch him on the field. And it's like your athleticism's taking over, dude. I don't know how much film you've watched. You're just gifted. But why would you be, if you're Arizona, why would you give him this contract? If you know that he is a fucking idiot and doesn't know the playbook and doesn't study it, let him walk. I don't know how easy that is in the NFL. It's so quarterback driven. He is electric. He, you know, he's small. So there's a ton of risk. But well, if he was he pretty just, much put the gun to their head and said, if you don't pay me this contract, I'm not coming in. He did delete all the Instagram posts. He did. And yeah. look, if he uh, if he can sharpen up that fucking dim-witted brain of his and read a defense a little bit, he'll be the future MVP of the league. You've been like saying you, it. Like I've been saying all along. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's very funny that to write in the contract, in the contract mandatory i think it was like five hours a week or something of uh you know that was capitalized unsolicited uh, fucking film study bold yeah yeah they tapped him on the forehead hey dum dum (laughs) you gotta watch film for five i don't even give a shit if you write notes you just gotta look at it yeah tape your fucking eyelids open and you gotta watch the way the defense is i wonder if he's like a partier i wonder if he just comes like fucking hung over like a i doubt it i don't dum dums don't party they just are fucking dumb I bet like he probably goes to parties and just kind of walks around all cross-eyed and doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Goes home, watch Scooby-Doo, eat some cereal, wakes up just as dumb. That sounds pretty nice. But he runs a four-two-five, so you can throw it four hundred yards. Give me that money, baby. Jesus, that's all it takes, man. Uh, give me your uh, what's your candidate? Uh, my candidate is Liz Cambage. She is a WNBA player. Uh, she. Did play keep it clean, LA keep it clean. He did play for the LA Sparks. She asked for a, a release. Uh, no, everyone was confused by it, but we did a little deep diving. And this girl is not a very nice girl. Uh, initially, when she got drafted into WNBA, she got drafted by the Tulsa Shock and she refused to play for him. Uh, she bailed on her second season with Tulsa, pulling out on the day of her flight was due to depart for the U.S. because she's from Australia. Uh, then she signed in China for $400,000 as one of the world's highest paid female players, but complained about being poorly compensated and unable to make her mortgage payments. Uh, she was then suspended for deliberately kneeing and injuring a WNBL opponent in 2017. She finally returned to the WNBA in 2018 with the Dallas Wings, but demanded a trade after just one season. Uh, she called the Nigerian players, can I say monkeys? Because that's what she said. Well, yeah, it's, it's a quote. It's a quote, monkeys, and told them, go back to your third world country before an Olympic warm-up game, despite being half Nigerian herself. She that was caught hurts. on, yeah, she's caught on a video elbowing and slapping Nigerian players. Uh, prompt Andrew Gaze, who never uh, has a bad word to say about anyone, to furiously call her out in public. And then she signed with the LA Sparks, saying she would never play anywhere else, and that the Sparks supported her in the ways that the Australian team never did. Then left the team midseason with chemistry issues reportedly arising between Cambage and her teammates, two of whom are Nigerian and knew exactly what she did in that Olympic warm-up game. This girl is the definition of a cunt. I'll say it. <laughs> okay, you take yeah, it. Yeah, no, she. I mean, 
that's a list. That's a list. Generally reserve that word for some uh, some men on the program, but no, she she picked up the title. That's pretty bad. You know, you go racial on an entire country. Um, also, like uh, Judas, like ju- judicial. No, it's not. Judas racist. Like you're half Nigerian and you're also being racist. Yeah. Your own kind, you just because your you pigment's a little bit lighter. What a fucking see. Oh, yeah. This girl yeah. sucks. Yeah. You sent me that article and I read it twice. I'm like, why? It still didn't say why she was leaving the Sparks. I had to find the other part. And it was just, well, there was some turmoil in the locker room, but it seemed like based on her track record that she just didn't really want to do it anymore. So fuck you. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> fuck you. I'm out. The 400,000 be the highest paid female athlete being paid $400,000 and then complaining that you can't make mortgage payments. It's like, fuck you. What fuck kind of you. live? What kind of lifestyle do you have where you're not being able to afford this shit? Things are expensive in Australia, but I, uh... it was in China. She was living in China. She couldn't make her mortgage payments. I don't know what things cost in China. I just assume the government takes your money. Um, yeah, this girl sucks. What a bitch. What a bitch. What a bitch. I I, I don't know if she's as dumb in, as Kyler Murray in the simplest minds. If we voted on this thing, I don't know if she would win, but it's good to bring that up. It's good to bring up. Uh, bring out the female aspect of the sports. World, no, yeah, so no. Female athletes nice need to, need to be uh, put in their the place spotlight. when uh, when it when they need to be. And next time we'll say something nice about them. Like uh, Megan Rapinoe. This has been the Simple Minds Sports Show, Friday Rewind, July 29th. We'll see you next time. Uh, we'll touch base after the Red Sox sell off their uh, their cornerstones. Bye-bye. Bye, Bill. Bye, Bill. dare you it was going so well <laughs> hey i went on a limb I, i'm gonna have to decide whether we're gonna beep that cunt or not i don't no, think so it plays. it plays i think it plays and that's gonna be the video on instagram <laughs> well whoa, hold on here's what you gotta do you gotta beep it on instagram so they go watch it for real on the youtube you think i know how to do that <laughs> Yeah, you're getting pretty good at it. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, what a terrible when you come, person. When you come with the cunt, I'm just going to put Bill's face there so that they know <laughs> exactly what we're talking about. The fat head face. Yeah. 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 Do you notice all his pictures are like this? <laughs> yeah. It's because he's dink-toed and he's leaning. <laughs> his head's cocked. Gravity cause... must be such a bitch for him. <laughs> It's cocked because he can't keep a straight posture. Every time I try to go like do a Photoshop, I'm like, God damn it. Put your fucking head straight. I can't do this. He's always shit faced and he's dink toed. So his body's (laughs) just fucking on an angle. (laughs) There's no way. There's no option for 22 degree angle to fucking straighten that shit out. Oh, fucking speaking of cunts, Bill. (laughs) See, that's why I don't play. Yeah, well.